The union workers were run by the mafia, and they had been schooled to play D&D, or deaf and dumb, whenever an authority figure came around asking questions. The Navy needed the mafia to help them infiltrate these areas, and um, if they didn't help, they were going to have zero chance of success. An excerpt from today's guest will discuss the uneasy relationship the U.S. government had with the mob during World War II. Author Matthew Black is here, and I'll speak with him right after this break. I'm Robert Child, and this is Point of the Spear. Today's guest is a labor and crime historian who was recruited by James P. Hoffa's office in 2016 to author Dave Beck, A Teamster's Life. He has also worked as a staff writer for the San Diego Union Tribune and published dozens of articles on History101.com. He is a graduate of the University of Washington with an honors degree in history. His book is called Operation Underworld, How the Mafia and the U.S. Government Teamed Up to Win World War II. And author Matthew Black joins us now. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a real honor, sir. And um, as I was reading through your book, there was an incident that actually was, was the catalyst where in New York, where the mafia came in to assist the U.S. government, and they reached out to them. What was that incident that got the mafia involved? Yeah, um, uh, pretty pretty public incidents. Um, on February 9th, 1942, uh, very early in uh, uh, the World War II, or um, the U.S.'s involvement in World War II, there was a ship uh, called the SS Normandy, and it was docked at Pier 88 in West Manhattan. Um, it had previously been built by the French, uh, but the U.S. government seized the boat after uh, France fell to the Germans. Um, the ship was enormous. It was bigger than Titanic, and we were converting it to a troop transport ship. It could ferry 15,000 men across the ocean in one journey, and it was even fast enough to outrun any U-boats that chased her. Um, the first line of the book reads, the fire started with a spark in the Grand Salon on the promenade deck of SS Normandy. The prologue of the book goes through this incident, but what happened was, was a fire started aboard this massive ship, which was one of the most important ships in the Atlantic fleet at the time. Mm. Tens of thousands, um, maybe even hundreds of thousands of onlookers watched as the ship burned in port. There had already been a lot of talk about spies and there was real fear that saboteurs could infiltrate the harbor and destroy US ships and their cargo. At the time, they didn't know what caused the fire and the Navy, who was tasked with protecting the Port of New York, carried on as if the ship had indeed been sabotaged. Naval intelligence commanders knew that they needed their men to infiltrate the areas in the port where they were most vulnerable, but they couldn't do that because the organizations, which were the unions that controlled these areas, would not cooperate. The union workers were run by the mafia, and they had been schooled to play D&D, or deaf and dumb whenever an authority figure came around asking questions. The Navy needed the mafia to help them infiltrate these areas. And um, if they didn't help, they were gonna have zero chance of success. There were two figures that were sort of the, the figureheads, not the figureheads, but the two guiding influences that helped the government. Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky, who were well-known mobsters and they knew each other as kids. What was their assistance? What what did they do to assist the government? And they, yeah, they knew each other since they were kids. They're they're good friends. They're 
thick as thieves and um, both are extremely intelligent, especially Lansky. Um, the Navy Mafia Alliance didn't start with these two figures um, as the lower as lower level gangsters were recruited by the Navy first. Um, Lansky probably caught wind of Operation Underworld through Frank Costello, who was Luciano's acting boss. And Luciano was in prison uh, in 1942, so he wasn't involved in the early days of the operation. Uh, but it was men from his family that were the biggest help to the Navy. Um, and as for Lansky, he had already established himself as an anti-fascist, uh, as he was Jewish and had openly fought uh, against Nazi sympathizers excuse me, Nazi sympathizers in New York City. Uh, when Lansky was asked to help, uh, he was more than willing. Uh, his first task was to get Luciano to cooperate with the Navy. It was not an easy thing to ask Luciano and uh, it took a lot of convincing. What was the element that made him come on board? What convinced him to come on board? Right, well, there's, there's some evidence that he was that the government made a deal with him uh, in exchange for his freedom. Um, it's not clear that that was offered to him right away, but it does seem that Lansky was instrumental in convincing him that cooperating the government would certainly help his cause if a deal were to be struck. As the war progressed, did these mobsters and the organization provide vital information um, to the government? Definitely. I mean, pe people who were in the Luciano family and, and the other New York families uh, provided scores of information uh, to the Navy. That was very important. Um, much of what they passed back and forth is a catalyst for some of the best parts in, in the book. Um, but, you know, for, for Lansky and Luciano, that wasn't really their, their role in Operation Underworld to provide information. They, they mostly opened up doors for the Navy. Um, so. Yeah, they, they knew the right places to focus, the right people to contact. And when they said that they wanted something done, avenues were opened up for the Navy that they just couldn't have, couldn't have possibly passed through without them. Um, so their involvement basically solidified cooperation between the Navy and Mafia. And um, investigators have concluded that these men weren't offered anything in return for their service. Kind of getting back to what I said, they were told that they owed it to their country. Um, and there may have been a deal, there may have been the promise of a deal, or maybe they would look at a deal down the road, but most of them were not given a deal. Um, and so for Luciano, he was looking at decades more in prison, and uh, it was just, he had a lot to gain from cooperating with the government. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Next time, learn the fascinating history of the Vietnam-era race riots aboard the USS Kitty Hawk with author Marv Truhi. But from the very beginning, he was punishing black sailors more severely than he was punishing white sailors for the same offenses. And in this case, it involved assaults. Uh, the first couple of incidents, he punished black sailors by throwing them in the brig for 30 days, diet of bread and water, busted them and ranked and fined them. And he had four different incidents of white sailors assaulting black sailors, both in port and on the ship, and in each case, he basically let them skate. Another reason to click that follow button so you'll be notified when the episode releases. Now, the naval commander of the operation, Charles Haffernan, Haff is that his name? Haffernan, yeah. <laughs> Haffernan. What happened to him after the war? I thought it was really interesting, his involvement. 
with this operation? Yeah, um, you know, you'll a lot of people who pick up this book will know about characters like Lucky Luciano and, and Meyer Lansky, but you know, Commander Haffenden, uh, much less known, a you know, Naval Intelligence Commander, and um, you know, by virtue, a very secretive person. Um, but he's no less interesting. He, he's a fascinating case, and uh, in the end, really, his is a is a sad story. I feel. Um, I don't want to give away how mm -hmm. you know the end turned sure. out <laughs> or the ultimate fate of the characters, but um, you know, suffice to say, there's a reason why this story has gone mostly unknown for so long. Um, the Navy went to extraordinary efforts that I won't get into, you know, because you'll you'll have to read the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure, you know, that this story never got out. And um, this effort by the Navy, I'll say, certainly played a role in Happenden's fate. And uh, I read at the end of the book, and I won't give it away, but <laughs> he, he was very concerned about his fate. He um, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, probably a, a, you know, a very common thing among people, you know, when you reach a certain age, and you're looking back at your life, and you're, you're thinking about legacy, you know, and uh <laughs> he's certainly this these were extraordinary events and um he wanted people to know about them absolutely now i don't know if this is giving away the book but uh lucky luciano ended up being deported is that correct yeah yeah and you know i guess you know enough people know about lucky luciano to know that you know he was deported in february of 1946 um but you know, readers will learn about Luciano's participation in, in Operation Underworld. So, you know, it won't be a mystery to them that he did indeed help the U.S. with the war effort. But at the time, this was not known. Um, in fact, it was a tightly held secret. And sure enough, there was some press out there that hinted at the government's secret alliance with the mafia. Um, a radio broadcaster named Walter Winchell even reported that Luciano was up for the Medal of Honor. Uh, I was going to mention that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is completely absurd. Um, but, um, you know, when, when Luciano was deported, you know, people began to ask why, um, you know, he still had decades left on his sentence after all. Um, so accusations came flying in uh, that the man who pardoned and deported him, uh, who was the governor at the time, Thomas Dewey, uh, who also just happened to be the man who prosecuted Luciano and put him behind bars, uh, that he had accepted a bribe from Luciano in exchange for his freedom. Um, the rumors really never went away, and they persisted so much and for so long that Dewey even commissioned an investigation to explore the question of if Luciano did indeed help the war effort. Um, and that was important for him because they say, hey, this is the reason why he was pardoned, not, not because of some bribe that didn't happen. Um, and this investigation actually provides most of the information uh, for this book. Um, so, you know, ultimately it was Luciano's cooperation during the war years that uh, led to his pardon and uh, subsequent deportation. Now, in hindsight, Operation Underworld was a success in, as a program. And are there lessons perhaps for today? I think, you know, Operation Underworld accomplished its mission, um, certainly, in that it protected the Port of New York during the largest conflict the world has ever known. Um, when measured against what, what their objective was, um, you know, protecting ships in the harbor, making sure there was no disruption of cargo passing, you know, from New York, uh, you know, to England and Europe, 
um, the Navy and mainly Commander Haffenden did a, a stellar job. Um, but what makes it complicated is that their efforts also empowered the mafia uh, and led to some very questionable behavior by naval officers that Haffenden included, probably chief among them. Um, it's also pretty clear that some of their measures were a bit extreme, um, sort of like, <laughs> sort of like sending a pit bull to pick up a rose. Um, <laughs> you know, it may may have been a little over the top. Um, so there's lessons there too, and in fact, um, uh, the title of one of the chapters is, you know, when you dance with the devil. Uh, you know, and of course, that's yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and the, there's a Smith quote. You know, it ends with, "If you dance with the devil." then you haven't got a clue for you think you changed the devil, but the devil changes you, you know? Um, and uh, this certainly was the case for a number of those naval officers. And, um, you know, they were, these, these fears were brought up in the beginning, you know, um, but they decided to go for it anyway. And, um, you know, for, for deep cover operatives, um, you know, we saw this a little in uh, the story of Donnie Brasco, um, you know, which turned into a movie, you know, with sure. Johnny Depp and Al Pacino was, based on the true story of an FBI agent, you know, and uh, the lure of the mafia is powerful and um, it's capable of corrupting even the most honest of people. And, uh, you know, we'll see that in the book. And uh, this was kind of the, the first time that, um, you know, a government outfit was looking at, you know, cooperating with the mafia and infiltrating them. And then that sort of, you know, book doesn't get into this because we're about Operation Underworld, but in terms of you know, the FBI's efforts to, um, you know, attack the mafia uh, in later decades, you know, you could see these methods kind of being born in Operation Underworld. The book is called Operation Underworld, How the Mafia and the U.S. Government Teamed Up to Win World War II. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Next time, learn the fascinating history of the Vietnam era race riots aboard the USS Kitty Hawk with author Marv Truhi. But from the very beginning, he was punishing black sailors more severely than he was punishing white sailors for the same offenses. And in this case, it involved assaults. Uh, the first couple of incidents, he punished black sailors by throwing them in the brig for 30 days, diet of bread and water, busted them and ranked and fined them. And he had four different incidents of white sailors assaulting black sailors, both in port and on the ship. And in each case, he basically let them skate. Another program you won't want to miss. And if you like what you hear, leave a review or a rating or just click the follow button. And be sure to check out our Point of the Spear YouTube channel with bonus video material plus full military history documentaries. There's tons to explore. And I hope you check it out. I'm Robert Child, and this has been Point of the Spear. Music licensed from audioblocks.com. Point of the Spear is produced by RSC Media Group.